line of GR, Wilson, Merritt, flatbed, stock trailers, even tandem axle enclosed cargo trailers. Stop in, let's work something out. Here at Prime Rate Motors, the Super Trailer Store, or PrimeRateMotors.com. I'm Steve Sisson, inviting you to Jackalope's Explore, the new video podcast from Sheridan Media. It's unlike anything else on your feed. Every week, the Jackalopes explore something, and it could be anything. Politics, UFO sightings, social issues, conspiracies, no matter what it is, we'll dig for the truth and explore it with a unique Wyoming perspective through an entertaining, lively conversation. Take a trip down the Jackalope hole with us every week. Jackalopes Explore, new episodes, Wednesdays at SheridanMedia.com. At Sunlight Federal Credit Union, we know how important convenience, time, and flexibility are for you. That's why we've joined the Co-op Shared Branching Network, which gives you access to your account at over 5,600 branches across all 50 states. That's just one more way we make Sunlight Federal Credit Union your branch for your funds, no matter what you're doing or where you're at. Join Sunlight Federal Credit Union today and start experiencing the credit union difference. Where can you watch entrepreneurs compete for a share of $100,000, eat and drink lots of deliciousness, and learn about the newest startups in Sheridan County? The Wyo Theater, that's where. Jessica Madden here from Impact 307 announcing that the Sheridan Startup Challenge Pitch Night will be showcased on Wednesday, November 1st at 5.30 p.m. There is no cost to attend and the premiere event is open to the public. Please join us as we support local businesses, vote for your favorite startup idea for the Audience Choice Award, and stick around for the reception and winner announcements all at the Wyo Theater November 1st. Have you ever had the Arabian Gobbler at Designing Dinner Sagewood North Cafe? Delicious smoked turkey, curried cream cheese, black olives, sprouts, and mayo on your choice of bread, including gluten-free. Pair your sandwich with chips or a salad or homemade soups made daily. See the full lunch menu and dinner takeout menus at designing-dinners.com. Open weekdays for lunch from 11 till 3 and from 9 till 5 for dinner pickup at 615 Broadway in Sheridan. Call ahead for pickup at 672-2460. Hi, this is Christy Kinghorn with Buffalo Realty, and let's talk about 343 North Main Street, an updated restaurant building with kitchen on the main street of Buffalo, Wyoming. High visibility with inside and outside dining, covered patio for summertime dining, and a large detached garage with two standard garage doors area for storage. The commercial kitchen is with the building. Call me Christy Kinghorn at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Motor vehicle crashes are the leading cause of death for teens 15 to 18 years old in the United States. October 15th through the 21st of this year is National Teen Driving Safety Week. This week gives us an opportunity and a reminder to review safety and good driving habits with our kids. This morning, I am joined by the captain of the Sheridan Police Department, Tom Ringley. Uh, Good morning. How are you, sir? Great, Floyd. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Good, Now, uh, when it comes to uh, the fall season up at the department, is there any change in anything, any uh, increase here or decrease there in certain types of citations? Uh, No. um, During the first couple weeks of of school, we are, are cognizant that there will be new drivers uh, traveling to and from the, the high school that haven't dealt with actually negotiated the school traffic, especially at, at fifth and Highland and, and, and trying to, uh, make their, uh, match their schedule to the school schedules and their routes to the school schedules. But generally the, the kids do a great job. Um, there's really no great increase in, in accidents that that had come with the, the first snowfall. Yeah. And, and so in a way you, do the the officers kind of sit around waiting? Okay, first snowfall comes, everybody yeah. get ready. Yeah, we, we we know it's coming, and and you know it's just natural to have to reacclimate oneself to snow, which thankfully we haven't had yet. Thank God. Uh, but I would say that it's probably on the way. Um, and 
do we probably see a pretty big increase in fender benders and just smaller accidents. Yeah, and, you know, they may go from, I'd say, roughly three accidents a day to five. Um, so it's which, not a huge increase, well, but it is. Percentage-wise, it is. Yeah. Um, but workload and task load and the impact on, on the department really isn't that great. I mean, it probably takes roughly an hour and a half to work an accident, and that's from... Granted, this is my anecdotal memories Rough. from years ago. Um, that includes um, completing the state accident report, a simple two-car collision, no injury state accident report, and processing the actual scene and gathering information. So it's an hour, hour and a half to two hours. Now, when the first snowfall does hit, and I, I, I don't want to make a bad prediction here, but uh, it may be before the next time you and I speak, um, what are just some things people can keep in mind? Um, clear your windshields, de defrost your vehicle and give yourself an extra two minutes. It's something that you and I have agreed on for years is that there's, you're not going to get anywhere in Sheridan that much faster driving 40 more miles an hour than you will 30 miles an hour. Um, but just give, give yourself a couple extra minutes to get to where you, you need to go. It's, you know, a, a collision is a huge pain in the neck, um, from an insurance standpoint to getting a vehicle fixed standpoint. Um, so just take a couple extra minutes maybe get that cup of coffee in a in a, a thermal cup and take it with you instead of that's what holds me up is me <laughs> <laughs> i've got my coffee before i leave home um so that's what i do though if, if, if i know it's going to take I'm, I'm two and a half miles from work but i give yeah. myself a couple extra minutes you know it, it, i find that through the summer season and into the fall my wife and i hit the snooze button just a little bit more and then i end up uh i don't have to be here super early but i try to get here earlier and because i have that play time i end up just oh i can I, another 15 minutes i'm fine i'm fine but uh once that snow hits there's no snooze button we've got to get up get moving it's just too dang far uh to be able to have any play room so i do notice that that each year that when the snow falls on the road we reprioritize our mornings yeah, well, especially for you living on the other side of Piney Creek, where, <laughs> yeah. where the weather seems to change all the time. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, for, for better or for worse, depending on your direction to travel. So, yeah, if you're traveling into town, also give yourself some, some extra time. Um, I know that the, the city uh, streets department has a really good snow plan, which constantly evolves. They're constantly evaluating it. And I think the county does a great job, too. But we have to remember a street that's important to us isn't necessarily on one of the uh, party one snow routes, which is ba basically the schools and uh, routes to the hospital and really important uh, vital uh, buildings that uh, house necessary functions. Yeah. And speaking of that, I didn't plan on speaking to you about this this morning, uh, but uh, we've got that new plan for snow routes that are coming out. Uh, everyone parking on one side and then alternating that. We're... Would you say it's probably about maybe two years or so? What's what's the department's plan, or what's the department's role, rather, in that new snow route plan? Um, we're one in a strictly a support role for the uh, city street department. Um, we, Manning permitted, um, we will help get cars off the street, and but we also help publicize. Um, they, they don't decide they're going to... Uh, plow a route 30 minutes before they start plowing it. They issue a ton of notice and they yeah. do a very good job at it. And they've got their new system for alerting people, which people can sign up for. Everbridge. Yes. Yeah. Everbridge. Um, and it's a fantastic system, but it is uh, subscription based. So people need to sign up for it if they want to get the alerts. Just like the red alerts yes, uh, for counties. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the code red system. It's uh, subscription based. Um, but yeah, we're not looking to ticket people for being parked in the um, on, on a snow But also, it's one of the I think one of the number one complaints that the city gets is the snow getting the streets plowed. Well, here the streets has a great plan. It would make no sense for people to be parked on the street they want plowed. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see. It'll be a work in progress. But as with all the the city always does a very good job with ed, with a very strong uh, program of educating the public. Um, before uh, a new plan goes into place and also d during the implementation of the plan. It's, 
it's not there aren't going to be any gotcha moments to where we're yeah pl- pl- it's towing cars in the middle of the night or issuing citations and that's one thing that i really do appreciate it uh, you know maybe it's just that i haven't had the amount of conversations with law enforcement leadership in the past but being able to sit here just like with the ordinance that changed i think it was the the shoveling yes uh this was one two years ago maybe even two years yeah and that started with the resolution yeah um to say hey this is we proclaim we think this is the best way to do it shoveling uh on the uh from sidewalks onto grass um instead of um onto the street i mean i don't have a sidewalk and i will shovel my parking area onto my grass yeah um you know it's free watering it's going to seep down there and give some benefit at some time absolutely but, yeah kind of win yeah. with with that one and and there's more depth to that uh than just what i've said the grass has to be available yeah and one can research it yeah but one thing that you guys didn't do was come down uh hard on everybody for that it was like a learning process yes. throughout a couple seasons if yep. i remember correctly and and i've always appreciated that now in regards to teen driving how old were you when you first started to drive? Do you remember? Um, I first started, I got my learner's permit at 15. Um, and I got my license when I turned 16. So pretty classic then. Yeah. See, I didn't start driving until much later on. I, I didn't have to. I didn't need to get anywhere. There was really no reason to do it. I didn't own a car. Yeah. So I didn't start driving until I was about 19 years old. Uh, before that, I was walking to work. Yeah. Uh, which was right down the street. But uh, as soon as I got uh, that driver's license, I went off and bought uh, a Geo. Of yeah, course. I, I, I definitely didn't have a car my junior year of high school, which I think was a good thing. There's, I didn't need one. That is yeah. School bus and um, we kind of graduated in which in hindsight was a slow process of borrowing the parent's car um, for short trips and getting used to driving by myself. Um, but I learned to drive in an extremely conf- controlled environment which was maxwell air force base in, in alabama so is a low speed limit good wide roads and there wasn't a ton of traffic where we lived so it was really good um i had to deal with mps man. <laughs> yeah yeah it it but it was um it is super controlled it was a very safe place to, to learn how to drive and to, to get one's bearing um i said that my senior year was in the dc suburbs Oh, wow. really wow. driving by myself, um, even taking 30 minutes to go three miles to school with a ton of traffic. But I was, I was well prepared. And that's, that, that's the advice I would, I would give the parents. In, in our view, um, it's the parent's job to teach your kids how to drive or make sure their kids know how to drive it, whether it's through you know, actual hands-on from the parents or finding someone else to teach children how to drive. But ultimately, it's the parent's responsibility to, know, to make sure that kids know the laws, know driving techniques, know where the insurance card is, know where they have their driver's license on them. It's kind of, every once in a while we'll come across a, an incident with a child and the parents is, is kind of absent yeah. in the process. The, the driving test is by no means hard and the, the written test certainly isn't. Um, but it's, we, we would encourage parents to, even if you your child's taken uh, some type of driver's ed class to make sure to ride with their child and make sure they, they know what they're doing. Cause ultimately the parents bear a lot of that responsibility, um, whether it's through increased insurance rates um, or damage to a car. And also it's a duty as a, a team member of our community to make sure that we're keeping the community safe um, from a poor driver. Absolutely. I would agree with you hundred percent on that. When it comes to your job, all too often you see the sad side of certain situations and this week gives us a great opportunity to stop even if the kid's been driving for a year maybe two years just use this opportunity to stop have a conversation with the kids about their driving habits um i can remember my uh daughter's mom went ahead and taught her how to drive i didn't have to deal with that too much when she was 16 i took her down to the old parking lot and just kind of let her drive around slowly, taught her the real basics. But she didn't get a car until she was my age. Did, did that car have an imagine, imaginary brake pedal in the front passenger seat like <laughs> the cars I learned to drive on? 
that were constantly <laughs> getting spun. It was it was one of those situations where, uh, it, yeah, I, I I told her nothing over ten miles per hour because anything faster than that, and I started getting a little worried because uh, I I was also involved in a situation years and years ago where we were on a work site and one of the guys was trying to teach one of the kids how to drive. He was doing a good job, but the kid panicked and instead of hitting the brake hit the gas and ended up actually driving into somebody's old Chevy Nova. Yep. So it was pretty bad. And that has stuck with me ever since. Yeah. And it's just, it, it can happen in the blink of an eye. And that's like most life lessons that frequently learn the hard way. Yeah, exactly. But, but the, 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 the odds are, are everything so much more uh, multiplied with a 3,000 pound vehicle. Oh, completely. And it's just those nerves. Uh, you know, once you get behind the wheel and you've got enough time, it's just muscle memory. You know yeah. where that brake is. You know where that clutch is if you yeah. happen to have one. And anything before that, and, and it's more of a panic. Uh, and, and they react before the thought goes through the head and, yep. and you end up paying for a Chevy Nova. So on that, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to have more with our Sheridan Police Department captain right after this. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, St. Edmund's Church is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment Member FDIC. If you've got a person in your family who loves to have high-quality sunglass protection for their outdoor life, a gift certificate to Eye Care of the Bighorns is the perfect gift. They carry prescription and non-prescription sunglasses from Maui Gym, Costa Del Mar, Ray-Ban, and more. With a gift certificate, your loved one can find the exact frame they want with the lenses designed for their outdoor use. Eye Care of the Bighorns, 1033 Coffeen Avenue behind Subway and online at eyecareofthebighorns.com. Attention power customers, Montana Dakota Utilities will have a planned power outage Thursday, October 19th at 10 p.m. through 3 a.m. Friday for the Story Banner area, including Mead Creek, Pompey Creek, Upper Prairie Dog, Piney Creek, Wagon Box, and along Highway... After an aerial dogfight, pilot officer Jack Absolute flies home to win the heart of his old flame, Lydia Languish. Back on British soil, Jack's advances soon turn to anarchy when the young heiress demands to be loved on her own very particular terms. See how this rollicking new comedy works out as National Theatre Live presents Jack Absolute Flies Again, Thursday, October 26th at 6 p.m. in Sheridan's Wyo Theatre. Get your tickets at the Wyo Box Office or online at wyotheatre.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's with heavy hearts that we announce the closing of a true culinary gem in our community, Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits. The magic of Frackleton's has been a beloved fixture in our town for years, where memories were made, where families and Friends gathered, and it was more than just a restaurant. It was a sanctuary of fine dining and shared experiences. We bid farewell to this truly iconic dining destination. But for now, at least, adios, Frackletons. Fine food and spirits. According to the Hearing Health Foundation, even those with a mild, untreated hearing loss are twice as likely to develop dementia. Hi, this is Elizabeth. And J.T. Kraft at EBA Hearing. Our mission is about more than selling hearing aids. We want to educate our friends and family on the hazards of untreated loss and unprotected exposure to noise. The most important thing you can do is protect your hearing. But if you have a hearing loss, please don't wait. Correct it today. EBA Hearing, 674-8920. That's 674-8920. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. My guest this morning is Captain Tom Ringley of the Sheridan Police Department. October 15th through the 21st of this year is National Teen Driving Safety Week. This gives us an opportunity to have driving conversations with our kids. A reminder 
to review motoring safety and make sure that they they're developing those good driving habits. Uh, Captain, do the high schools still teach driver's ed to your knowledge? I don't know. Um, I, I I can't speak on that. If 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 they do, um, I'm not sure it's as comprehensive as it's. I don't know if it's a requirement when I. For me to graduate high school, we had to have driver's ed that was taught in the school. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a requirement then, yeah. Yep. I think it was an elective for my daughter. Yeah. Well, let me say this. High school I went to, the year I took driver's ed, it was a requirement at that school. Yeah. Um, I went to, I graduated from a different high school. But yeah, it was every every junior got driver's ed. Now, wasn't there a, a speed decrease on a roadway? Uh, up by our high school recently and within the last couple of years? Or was that just a discussion that was happening? Um, there are just still discussions in place to mitigate uh, traffic accidents at um, 5th and Long Drive and 5th and Midland. However, there are not many accidents at that location. Um, but as the, there's going to be um, an obvious increase in volume of traffic as development pushes west on 5th Street um, and increasing the flow of traffic, um, so there, there are definite talks as to what, what we're going to do about that. Do you, now, you guys have the capability to take one of those driver surveys where you lay the lines out. Um, we actually have a radar-based system that, that can um, not only count cars, but it can get all kinds of means and averages of, of speeds. So well, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Have you guys taken a survey that uh, those intersections as of yet? Not yet. No, uh, for the reason being is that there are other intersections and uh, uh, stretches of road that support the need for a study yeah. um, through accidents. There, there are very few accidents on that stretch. Wow. But we also plan to keep it that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you were able to address uh, the city's teen drivers, what, what would you say to them? Um, I would address their parents again and say, make sure your child knows how to drive. And to the children, I remember being 16 where seconds counted. Yeah. You could, you, you, now in my age, I really don't care if I miss something, but you remember when you're 16 and missing five minutes of something was a big deal. Um, so either learn to recognize that most things can wait or plan, plan ahead a little, a little better. And I'd also really urge parents and children to be cognizant of distracted driving. Um, no cell phones, no fiddling with the radio, no messing with anything. It should be two hands on the wheel and, and eyes straight at, um, straight ahead. And I, that's not just for young drivers. That's for everybody. Um, I, I, I get frustrated when I see the word juvenile mentioned in, our, in some of our uh, cases. It doesn't matter how old they are. They're drivers yeah. that are licensed, and the same rules apply to everybody to include the 58-year-old. Um, who I see, I see 58-year-olds... Driving, on their phone? On, on their phones, driving um, on, while, while distracted. Um, but because our kids are so precious to us, we, we will focus on them. Yeah. And I will, uh, you know, when I'm sitting at an intersection, it does kind of surprise me yeah. at how many people you can just look around and they're, they're obviously looking at their phone in their lap or they've got it up to their ear. And it just... it just kind of surprises me that this amount, I mean, this is multiple a day. Every time I go to lunch, I see at least one or two. Yeah. And when I'm driving through the city, which I still don't understand because most cars have eight without Bluetooth. Have, almost all cars have Bluetooth. Now, I mean, if they're 10 years old, they probably have some form of Bluetooth. Yeah. And you or, can link or, your or, phone or, or you can get an aftermarket device and that still can contribute to distracted driving. Um, but at least you have both hands on the wheel and you're, you're not, dividing your attention as much. Yeah, when we talk about distracted driving, I know that we tend to really focus on those cell phones, but like you said, it's not just cell phones. Yeah. I mean, distracted driving is a distraction from anything. Yeah, it's whether you've got your dog in your lap and you can't see or you're changing the, you have to fiddle with um, a, a button that, that, that does something. Yeah. It's like I, I, I will pull, even on duty, and you know we're actually exempt from traffic laws. Most, however, we maintain all of the liability. Um, so even if I'm on duty, I will pull over and talk on my cell phone, even if 
if it's on the if it's a serious conversation, even if it's on Bluetooth. We sometimes get complaint about officers driving driving while talking on a cell phone, but they're on their way to a call and they're getting information they need that doesn't need to be broadcast. Yeah. Um, other than that, we expect our, our officers to pull over um, if we need to talk on the phone and have those conversations. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. But and understand, no no one's driving distracted more than us. We have mobile data terminals we're looking at the um, computers. Yeah. Yeah. We have body cameras and uh, dash cams that we have to make sure are operating. We have to look at all the other traffic, uh, looking for violations. So, so we're aware of what it is, but we managed to um, negotiate everything. Well, and I would say, <clears throat> at least you've been trained how to operate this equipment. Yes. While you're driving, you've been trained in offensive and defensive yes. driving courses. Uh, there's a lot it more involved than just taking an officer off of the street and throwing him in a car. Uh, and I didn't really appreciate that until we went to Iraq. Yes. And from that point on, our Humvee basically became our patrol vehicle. And we were given classes on all the different ways to use this piece of equipment. Yeah, and we, I was actually part of learning the hard way on that. I was When I was at Fort Hood, it was part of Task Force 21, which was the uh, implementation of all the uh the DN vehicle computers. We had some of the first generations and driving at night, looking at this, a map on the screen. Blue force trackers. So yeah. you're burning your, um, your night vision and not looking where you're going. And all of a sudden you're in a hole. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very which is okay real for the guys in the vehicle, but the gunners usually didn't appreciate it very much. <laughs> but, but so that was part of it too. I mean, it, it, it applies across the spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think I had two separate types of computers in uh, each different type of uh, vehicle. And, and yeah, that, uh, that screen, I mean, boy, your night vision's gone. Yeah, especially the new ones. Or, sorry, the first ones. Oh, I bet it was just horrible. But our officers kind of go through that same type of training to make sure that they understand, hey, you've got to pay attention to all this yes. stuff. But at the same time, you cannot become the problem. Exactly, and... To mitigate, we're all trained in emergency vehicle operations, but also our field training process, where everything an officer does, new officers do, is being um, is being evaluated to the utmost minutia. Um, to include driving is one of the most important things to evaluate. Oh yeah, safe driving. It's just like uh, to be a good sheriff. Yeah. Back in the day, you had to know your horse. Yep, and the training officers are watching them to see what they're watching. Yeah. Um. So there's we implement the good habits early. Now, can you tell me about this uh, fiscal year traffic safety course yes. that, that was apparently just just finished up? Yeah, the fiscal year finished up. Um, it's, it's a course that we're, we're really proud of that Lieutenant Keller developed um, uh, in consultation with the, the judges and um, the, the prosecutors. And what it is, it, it's, a, it's a traffic safety class. And... The reason it's relevant to uh, National Teen Driver Driving Safety Week is that parents can sign their children up for it. Um, it's for uh, to our classes to where um, we review everything from good driving habits to specific driving laws uh, with the students, um, and it, we've we've gotten really positive uh, reviews for it. It's um, and the other thing is that. Uh, we consulted with the judges and the prosecutors because people can take it to mitigate um, uh, some uh, actions imposed by the court as a result of an accident or poor driving. So certain citations, yeah. you face the judge and he says, or she says, yes. take this driver's course yeah. and we'll let this, this one slide. Yeah, so it, it's, 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 a, it's, an, it's, a, it's a mix of people that sign up for it and people that have, that it's been suggested they attend. Yeah. And, you know, we've, our goal is 10, 10 classes a year. And this year we had eight classes with 56 students, which we're really pleased with. Oh, that's um, fantastic. The, the, the number of um, classes are based on demand. The last class had two students, but that's fantastic. It's two people that got some, some great attention from our instructors. Um, and we get pretty good reviews from the students too. But uh, anyone can take it. They don't have to be, it doesn't have to be court sanctioned or a parent signing up a child. We've, we've had 15, 60 year olds just take it because they wanted to take it. Yeah. 
What does the curriculum look like? You said they kind of cover the basics in this. Yeah, um, cover everything from common causes of accidents to seatbelt usage to distracted driving, um, DUIs. Oh yeah, and and then this this traffic laws, everything from how to how to um, approach it an intersection, how to stop, who's got the right of way, lane changes. And then um, what could be pretty important for, for, um, for kids is what to do when you're stopped by an officer during a traffic stop and what we're expecting to see, which is a, a driver's license and insurance card. Yeah. Uh, you don't actually have to have registration because we can run that. Um, this is how to, how to act with us. And also you don't have to be nervous. We're not, this is shared and we're not looking to, Roll non-existent charges on people. We just want to change unsafe driving habits. Okay, so uh, new drivers as well and non-traditional students. Yes, that's uh, so, a great term for it. Yeah, non-traditional. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing that the college used to yeah. call me when yes. I came home. It means old. <laughs> I hate to tell you this. It does. It does. <laughs> but do you get uh, more or less of the other? Um. The, the latest trend has been more people from court. Um, and uh, we had an initial surge of the non-traditional students when we first started the program. Um, but th those have tapered off a bit. Now, when it comes to uh, that, I think that's actually quite fair. Uh, if a judge says, you know, I see that you've never received any kind of formal training. We're going to send you to formal training as yeah. opposed to... And, um, you know, I'm sure there's other people out there who don't think that's a good result, but I, I think it's fantastic, you know, kind of that same thing, you and I, that NCO mindset, yep. let's go through the training one more time and yep. make sure that you know what's going on before you get, quote unquote, in trouble over this. Yeah, well, if you look at a training cycle in the military, once a year, you almost start from ground zero and, and go to the crawl, walk, run. Um and it all, it, but it's always good to have reminders mm -hmm. mid midstream, midlife, or mid whatever. That oh yeah, these are these are um, these are the roles. I mean, a, a case in point is something that frustrates me is a four way intersection, or even who's got the right of way at an intersection. Everyone's to everybody's left, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> yes. And then you know, people are really pretty friendly in Sheridan, and they wave each other on. Sometimes almost causing an accident. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's also another very important thing is people in Sheridan are actually pretty courteous drivers. Yeah. They're, they're, um, we, we don't have, we have some road rage, but not a, not a lot. People are pretty courteous and almost always let the other person go. And that's, <clears throat> we, we do teach be a good driving citizen as well. It's not going to cost you a day's worth of time to no. allow somebody else to go. If you reach that point where who goes first. And if someone cuts you off or something, just, have a nice day and let them go about their business. There's no need to get, to get upset about anything. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. How do parents get their <clears throat> teens into this course? It's easy. They can call Detective Aaron Hartman at the police department at 672-2413, and he, he can let them know um, when the next class is. That's fantastic. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to continue with our Sheridan Police Department when we come back. Stay with us. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, St. Edmund's Church is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment Member FDIC. Rap Plumbing and Heating has been serving Sheridan since 2010. With all these years of experience, you can rely on them to handle all of your plumbing and heating needs. From new construction to remodels, repairs of existing systems to retrofitting, Rap Plumbing and Heating can do it all. They are professional, clean, and courteous. Call 429-1196 for all your plumbing or heating needs. As we like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. 
Come to Ucross for unparalleled bird hunting at Clear Creek Hunting. Guided and unguided pheasant hunts are available and open from now through March. Enjoy groomed hunt fields with perfect cover and plenty of birds to ensure you and your group a successful hunt. Now's the time. Call Clear Creek Hunting today, 737-2237 to get your reservations in early while the birds last. Because when they're gone, they're gone. The best place to hunt, Clear Creek Hunting in Ucross. Are you looking to develop leaders within your organization? The Chamber is now accepting applications for its Leadership Sheridan County program. Hey, I'm here today with Bobby Mitzel. And I'm here with Ken Thorpe. And, and we, we are Leadership Sheridan County, County alumni. alumni. As a local business person, I found the backstage pass Leadership Sheridan County provided valuable to building my network, a network I still utilize today, and the reason I continue to send employees through Leadership Sheridan County. The return on my investment is huge. Even though I've lived in Sheridan for more than 20 years, Leadership Sheridan County really revealed to me how things work in many facets in the community. I developed important connections with community leaders and learned key leadership skills. Anyone over the age 18 who possesses a desire to learn about the history and future of Sheridan County is encouraged to apply. Applications and more information are available at the Chamber office, 54 South Main Street, and online at SheridanWyomingChamber.org. Applications are due by October 31st. Christmas is right around the corner, so let Legacy Diamond and Gems help you create your own unique custom design jewelry. But don't procrastinate. The deadline's November 1st for guaranteed Christmas delivery. Their professional staff can help you create a piece of jewelry that leaves your loved one speechless. Need ideas? See some of their fine jewelry online for inspiration at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Stop by their temporary location at 17 East Lauks between P.O. News and the Chocolate Tree. That's Legacy Diamond and Gems in downtown Sheridan. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. I am joined this morning by the captain of the Sheridan Police Department, Tom Ringley. Now, we've been talking about teen safety driving week this is going to give you an opportunity to sit down with the kids make sure that they're developing those good driving habits that they're putting the cell phone down and paying attention to the road just a couple minutes of conversation on that one folks and you can really make an impact i'm going to switch gears on us here because halloween is just around the corner captain as as we look down through the things that you sent me uh some safety tips as uh the kids go into the big season of the ghouls yeah um you know it's kind of everybody knows it's halloween everybody knows that there's going to be children out trick-or-treating and everybody knows that the children are going to be excited and they should be it's a fun fun holiday candy (laughs) sugar sugar and costumes are involved so what what could go wrong <laughs> or more like what's not to love about that. But we would just like to uh, remind people to, to be cognizant of, of, of the kids um, at, at, as they're out. Um, and also for parents to be careful is to make sure they, ideally they would accompany their children, make sure an adult's with them um, and make sure that uh, they know where their kids are going. Um, and also they know what their kids have. Yeah, you know, it's, and that we strongly suggest um, inspecting everything kids get at the end of the night to make sure everything's safe. Um, and also, uh, costumes can play a big part in the safety as well. We strongly suggest reflective material on the costumes, and also costumes where the kids can actually see where they're going. And one thing that always got me, you know, when I was a little kid, you want to be a ninja. You don't want to be a ninja with a safety belt on. I still want to be a ninja. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, I was always that kid that uh, didn't really keep that in mind. Yeah. And I got lucky. I never never got hit or anything like that. But those dark costumes do present quite a problem once the sun goes down. Yes. And so if you have a reflector, I mean, I've seen some parents just brilliant use those old glow sticks that we had uh, in the military. Now they're available on the civilian market. You crack these things open. Kids love carrying these things. And uh, they also play into the costumes sometimes. Yes. Um, And that's a great idea. And also uh, just the neighborhoods where kids go. They tend to, um, anywhere around Highland School, seems to be really, really popular for the trick-or-treating with the, the, the Summit Sparrowhawk. Um, so if you 
hard driving that night, you might want to avoid some of those areas if, if you're not involved in the trick-or-treating. And this, this, if we can decrease the, the flow of traffic, the non-residential traffic, um, it would make things safer. L luckily, over the years, we haven't had any problems or any uh, serious incidents. But that, once again, that's what we're trying to avoid. Absolutely. Now, one tip, go to only to well-lit houses and remain on porches rather than going inside. That, I think that's kind of one of those things, uh, yeah. you know, you, first, you learn right off the bat when trick-or-treating. Do not go inside the house. Yeah, and it's good lessons throughout the year for children. Just don't go into a stranger's house. Um, but it is, it's, they may have something neat set up, but stay outside, stay in view of, the, of everyone else, and things would be fine. There's highly doubtful that... There's anyone in Sheridan trying to lure kids into their houses, but once again, that's what we're trying to prevent. Like putting a lock on a gate and a military base. Yes. We're just keeping honest people honest. Yes. That's all. Yep. Now, travel in small groups, and of course, as you said before, be accompanied by an adult. Yes. Uh, absolutely vital. I think I went uh, trick-or-treating with uh, my daughter every single time. Uh, if not, then it was my uh, army brother who went with her yep. and took his kids along. So make sure that you've got an adult with you. Know your parents' phone number in case of an emergency telephone call is necessary. That's something that yeah. I think is a great suggestion. And once again, that's a year-round suggestion, but especially for, for Halloween. Um, this make this have a plan in general. You know, do if we get way. separated time. Yeah. What, who, who do you call or where, where do you go and, and what, do you, what you're going to do? Kids should bring home the treats before eating them and have their parents inspect them. Now, yes. I know out there on the Internet, uh, you know, classically when I was a kid, uh, big news, uh, you know, someone had poisoned pixie sticks or something like that. Turned out uh, that it was, you know, a very bad man who was actually trying to get insurance money. But that spread throughout the United yep. States. Um, it, it was one of those things. Holy cow. We can't trust our neighbors anymore. Uh, I don't think there's ever been like a hard incident past that, but it's still something we should keep in mind, even though the internet is telling you everything's fine. I would argue differently. And what we would suggest is only let your kids keep stuff that's uh, sealed. Um, even some of the candies that are uh, uh, individual candies that are in a twist wrap, I would suggest not letting them have. Um, but if something... It, in a little, it's just a sealed bag or like a candy bar. Yeah, um, that that would be okay. And check for holes. Um, and if anything's ripped or torn, I I, I wouldn't let a child have it. Yeah. Ultimately, it is up to the parents, though. And that was one thing that I did as well. We went to trusted neighborhoods, yeah. but still we review it all. Uh, you know, we take like uh, the popcorn balls and things like that yeah. from just family members, you know, or or close friends to the family type of situation yeah and also um if there's a light that the house is dark it's probably means that no one's home or they don't want to participate yeah yeah and some people don't yeah and i think a lot of folks need to keep that in mind it's okay if they don't um moving on down stop at all corners and yep. stay together in a group before crossing this one seems like it would be pretty easy to remember but it's something we definitely have to remind the little ones of especially when they get excited yeah they're they're excited and maybe they're consuming some of the sugar midstream things can things can happen so as long as they, they, they happen in a group everything would be fine using flashlights stay on sidewalks avoid crossing people's yards yes yeah, people can get touchy, especially if they're not uh, participating. Um, and just take the shortest route on, on, on concrete. And yeah. Every, everything will be fine. Cross streets at the corner. Do not cross between parked cars. Yes. Can you explain that one a little bit? Yeah, if an excited uh, short person or child darting out from between two cars, um, if there's oncoming traffic, um, there will, may not be enough time for the driver to react as opposed to crossing at an intersection where they're preparing to look for uh, pedestrians. Um, it's actually technically illegal anyway, not that we're going to cite an eight-year-old for, for, doing it, <laughs> for yeah. jaywalking or anything, but as a matter of safety, we ask parents, teach your kids across the street. Uh, parents, uh, children or adults, don't dart out between cars. It's not safe. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's a general rule. Anyhow. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it, it's always in my head whenever we're talking about people paying attention and distracted driving. The old uh, image of the kid chasing the ball out into the street. Yes. And, and you're driving, you may see the ball, but you didn't see the kid go between the two vehicles. Yeah. And they're right there. And next thing you know, they're in front of you before you know yeah. it. Uh, so make sure that that's not happening, parents. Another one, have children get out of cars on the curbside, not on the traffic side. Yes. Something uh, else I see quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, just do it. It takes an extra second. There's a reason school buses drop kids off onto the sidewalk. Um, that That's followed the same practice. Yeah, yeah, park next to the sidewalk, open that door up, and uh, let, them, let them fly. Yep. Now, of course, this is something that we've already kind of covered, but uh, it deserves to be touched on yet again. Drive slowly in these residential areas and make sure you're watching for those pedestrians. Yes. Um, and also in one of the busier areas on uh, Summit Hill, it's actually a full-time 20-mile-an-hour zone and has been forever. It's not a school zone. It's 20 miles an hour by council resolution. Um, but we say urge people to drive slower than that, and they will probably have to in some of these neighborhoods just from the sheer amount of people crossing the streets, but add, drive carefully or avoid, do what I do and just avoid the areas altogether. Watch for children in the street and on medians. That one's kind of a gimme that we just covered. Exit driveways and alleyways yep. carefully. That's one of those situations where I think a lot of people, uh, I mean, we're all kind of good about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're pretty good about it. Um, we would say if you're going to cross the street, cross it in an intersection. It's the safest place. And on that, Captain, do you have any other safety tips for Halloween? We got uh, about five minutes left. Um, adults <laughs> like to celebrate Halloween too, which is a lot of fun and which is fantastic. But like with all holidays, we urge people to uh, make uh, good, safe plans and don't become one of our statistics. Um, yeah. Our idea of a perfect weekend is not having to make any arrests especially alcohol-involved arrests, whether or not it's a public intoxication um, or a DUI. Um, unfortunately, we had six DUIs last week for some reason. Oh, wow. Um, but especially on a holiday, it's, it's party time, people having a good time, which we urge. We would just urge people to enjoy themselves responsibly. Now, when it comes to those the DUIs, we've, we've seen a slight decrease over the years. Um, we're hoping to try and continue that. Uh, what should folks do? They find themselves into a situation. I know we go over this all the time. Yes. My, my regular listeners are going to say, oh, here we go again. Yep, here we but go. Here we go. <laughs> because it is a holiday season, and people for, the I think, probably the next two weekends are, are really going to be out there having some fun. Yeah, uh, plan ahead of time. Um, don't, don't drink your last $10. S yeah. Save that for a cab or plan a designated driver or plan for someone to pick you up. Or if you live close enough to wherever you're going to go, you can certainly walk home. We know that, um, I think we disproved last year or sorry, our last show that we're not overzealous on public intoxication arrests. It's 15.4% of all our arrests. The state norm is 15%. Um, however, we will address every incident where people may be a harm to themselves or others. Yeah. Um, also be cognizant that the weather is almost always Super cold on Halloween for some reason. It's the first well below freezing week of the year. So be careful of that too. Uh, alcohol and cold weather don't mix. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and on that, folks, I actually uh, was in one of the cities uh, here in, in Wyoming. I'm not going to say which one. But uh, at one of the places I was working, uh, one of the individuals got a little too much into him, went behind uh the establishment and nobody knew he was there yep you know middle of the night who's back there checking fell asleep and that was that yeah it's it's one thing in july and august which we strongly discourage but it's a completely different hazard and um in colder weather absolutely we live in wyoming folks yes. and that's something that we all have to remember uh do you got any plans for this halloween sir no uh, <laughs> I, I i need to see what day of the week it is yeah um, <laughs> But no, it's, um, I, I, ha I do my own thing and, um, but it's, it's good to know everyone's out there enjoying themselves safely. Absolutely. And there are community events as well. If I remember right, that if you're not comfortable going door to door, you can jump on some of these community calendars and take part yeah, in events and, at churches, and the, schools the, that they, the local media, uh, shared media or whomever do a great job in, in 
getting the word out. So that's definitely an option. I mean, uh, yeah, even if you want to go all the way over to Buffalo, they got that little monster march out there. Yep. And if you haven't seen that, it is one of the cutest things uh, <laughs> you'll ever see. Stephen Dow and I used to actually you know, uh, that's share that. One good thing about Sheridan and Buffalo, there's always a safe alternative um, to, to any any event or yeah. a, a safe event um, that um, is family-friendly and appropriate. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've noticed, too, since I, I took on this job. You know, there's so many different things that you can be doing as opposed to, uh, you know, like a classic yeah. type of thing. So there's lots of stuff you can do on Halloween night, folks, if you don't want to go off and go trick-or-treating. Captain, I want to thank you so much for coming in this morning, talking about this safety, uh, especially for the kids. I greatly appreciate it, sir. Thank you, Floyd. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930K, are we? At 103.9 FM. Shared. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, St. Edmund's Church is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment Member FDIC. There is excitement from Wrangler taking place at all Shipton's Big R stores. If you're a John Party fan, come in and register to win a November 4th concert package at Metro Park in Billings. It includes concert tickets, Wrangler tops and jeans, Justin boots, and Montana Silversmith's jewelry. Plus, meet and greet passes. Of course, you've got to look good. For a limited time, purchase a pair of Wrangler retro jeans and get a second pair for 50% off. Inspired by the Western Heritage Wrangler Retro Jeans combine iconic features with contemporary washes and finishes. Your favorite pair of Wrangler Retro Jeans can be found at Shipton's Big R. Country artists like John Party and Lainey Wilson love Wrangler Retro Western Wear too. Hurry in. All offers end October 22nd. Long live Cowboys. Long live Cowgirls. We hope you're one of three winners for a John Party date night concert package. It's available now at Shipton's Big R on Sugarland Drive in Sheridan. Your search for office supplies starts right here at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. We've stocked our office supply department with supplies that meet your everyday work challenges. Our online store at SheridanCommercial.com where you can explore and discover exclusive deals and compare prices with a few clicks. So whether you prefer the in-store experience at 303 Broadway or the digital office store at SheridanCommercial.com. The Sheridan Commercial Company and Office Supply Store is your partner, open seven days a week. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. Or should I say, howdy, hi. Uh, what? Do you know that I've been told it sounds like I'm saying howdy, hi, instead of Tommy, hi? Honestly, I kind of like the sound of that better. Uh, howdy, hi. I like the sound of that, too. Well, come say howdy, hi to our new showroom at Sheridan Power Sports. We'll be giving away oil chain accessories and $500 in chamber bucks to celebrate our remodel. No purchase necessary. Just stop in, say hi, and enter to win. Say howdy hi to the team at Sheridan Honda and Power Sports and enter for your chance to win. McDonald's restaurants in Sheridan have the opportunity you've been waiting for. They're looking for enthusiastic open and closer crew members starting at an impressive $17 per hour. At McDonald's, Larry Starrow and the crew are all about helping you reach your goals. Open and closer crew members are the heart and soul of McDonald's success. Ready to join the fun starting at $17 per hour? Go online to myhire.com or stop by any Shared at McDonald's location to pick up an application. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk.